Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Do you ever feel like you just can't take time for you? to take care of you for your own self-care, and then when you do, it feels selfish and like you shouldn't be doing it? Maybe you sometimes push off self-care because you have things to do. You have responsibilities, you have obligations, and you've got to get those done first. Today, y'all, I want to talk about why self-care isn't just about you. Hey there, this is Heather Mulder, host of the Life in Law podcast, and I'm very happy to have you with me today because we are talking about a topic that is truly important. Now, last month, we talked about the mental health crisis in the legal industry, and you could say today's is very complimentary of that. Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, Heather, I don't have mental health problems. I'm not that stressed. I don't have anxiety. I'm not depressed. Great. I'm happy for you. But let me just tell you that if you do not take time to take care of yourself, if you do not take time out for you, and I am not just talking about, you know, 10 minutes of meditation per day and some exercise several times a week and getting good sleep. Those are great starts, but that's not the only thing, okay? And we'll get into that. But if you do not regularly take time out for you, You are not just doing yourself a disservice, but you are doing every single other person a disservice as well. Self-care is not just about you. And I find that we lawyers as high achievers have a really hard time with accepting this. Like rationally, we kind of understand it. But we, when we get into the day-to-day where, you know, the busyness of our lives, all the responsibilities that we have the obligations that we feel we've taken on. We have trouble with actually taking time out for ourselves. We have trouble doing very simple things like ensuring we exercise enough times per week, ensuring that we take the time needed to think through what a good meal would be and how to feed ourselves regularly and in a healthy manner. We have, you know, real trouble taking breaks throughout the day. I had a whole podcast episode a while back, and I will put a link to it in the show notes around why taking breaks is such an important piece to the self-care puzzle. And when I say taking breaks, yes, I mean taking some time for lunch. Yes, I mean taking vacation time. Yes, I mean taking time out at night to ensure that you are off work. You're not always working, right? And that you get good sleep and that you get to spend time with family and friends. But I also mean, and we went through this on that podcast, which is why I want you to go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it before, and maybe even re-listen to it if it's been a while. I talked about taking short 
breaks throughout the day. So science shows us that our brains do not function very well if we continue to push them. We need short breaks. So every 90 minutes to two hours, you actually need to get up and do something. You need to move. You need to get away from what you're doing. You need to take a break. And there are lots of ways that you can do that, but you need to do it, okay? And so that's the type of thing I'm talking about. It's the whole package of self-care. We tend to think of self-care as getting enough sleep, eating well, and exercising, and maybe throwing in a couple of mindset and mindfulness tools. All of those are self-care, don't get me wrong, but there is more to it than that. It's basically asking yourself every single day, how am I? How am I feeling? How am I showing up? What are my energy levels? What is my mental state? And all of this is impacted by whatever is going on in your life at that time, right? So it changes day to day to day. So checking in with yourself and figuring out what do I need to be physically well, mentally and emotionally well, and spiritually well. And I add that spiritual piece because we all have a spiritual side, regardless of whether you are a religious person or not. And if you are, regardless of what religion, everybody I've ever met has some sort of spiritual side, even if it's just to be with nature and appreciation of nature, okay? So physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness is preeminently important. And it's important, obviously, for you, right? For your own mental and physical well-being. And we went through some of that last month. So again, go back and listen to that podcast if you have not heard it. But unfortunately... Oftentimes, we lawyers have trouble, as I said, taking that time out in the day-to-day. We rashly know we should take better care of ourselves. We know we deserve it. We know we need to to show up as our best, and yet we still have trouble. And something that I have found is that when you talk to lawyers about this and bring up, yes, but it's not just about you. That gives most attorneys pause because we take our jobs, our profession, very seriously. We take our responsibilities and our obligations very seriously. And so that's why we're in here today talking about it's not just about you, y'all. It's also about your responsibilities to your family and friends. It's also about your responsibilities and your obligations that you've taken on to your clients It's also about your professional responsibility to your clients and to your firm and colleagues and profession. There is an ethical issue here as well. So as I've discussed before, obviously the heightened stress levels that we lawyers tend to face creates more anxiety. Also, the way our lawyer-trained brains work tends to create more anxiety. We are (laughs) trained to be that way to some extent. We look for risk. We want to be risk averse. We plan around a lot of problems. Our kind of internal pre-wired brains to be more negative and look out for the negative are on like hyper alert because of our training. And so that can naturally cause a lot more stress and anxiety. And then just the day-to-day obligations, the things we take on, the high kind of pressure nature of our jobs obviously, also tends to cause problems. 
And we talked about all of that, right? That's a mental health issue, a physical health issue that we talked about last month. But something I want you to think about is it can really cause and wreak havoc in ways that you may not have thought about, okay? So this type of stress and anxiety can cause all kinds of physical and mental symptoms that maybe you think are just part of the job or just part of dealing with it or just part of the nature of the beast. I guess you hear that a lot. (laughs) I've heard a lot of attorneys say that. Increased blood pressure, which increases your risk of stroke and heart attack. Not being able to sleep well. Maybe it takes you forever to get to sleep or you do get to sleep, but you wake up a lot. A weakened immune system. So maybe you're sick a lot. It impacts your digestive system. You have an increased risk of ulcers. You can have weight gain or weight loss as a result of all of these issues. So there's a lot of physical effects to be on the lookout that will also impact how you show up every day, how you show up with your family, how you show up at work. And here's why. Because the mental impact of chronic stress and anxiety includes an impaired ability to think clearly and rationally. It also impairs your memory. It can make you more emotional. It can cause panic attacks. It can lead to depression. And we all know that within our industry, we have higher than average rates of drug and alcohol abuse. It leads to unhealthy coping behaviors. That glass of wine or beer, or other alcoholic beverage you have at night. Not necessarily a healthy way. Not saying you can't drink for enjoyment, but if it's your stress management technique, I would tell you it's not healthy. And let's be honest, how many of us go home for the one glass and end up with two or three or more? That's a problem, y'all. It can lead to recreational drug use, which then develops into a bigger problem. It can also lead another coping behavior that I find we lawyers can have is like binge eating, unhealthy eating behaviors as well. So there are a lot of ways we cope with this type of stress and anxiety. And there's a ripple effect to all of this. And this is where we get to the impact, not just on you, but to others. You do not have to go into a tailspin of depression or addiction for chronic stress and anxiety to negatively impact your ability to serve your clients and even breach the rules of ethics. Yes, I said it. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But also think about your personal responsibilities. Remember how I said it makes us more emotional. So have you ever had one of those days where you've been drinking from the firehouse? It's been crazy. You're driving home. You know your toddler's going to run up to you and want you to pick her up and you try to prepare yourself. And yet you can't stop your brain, right? It's still spinning and spinning and spinning with all the things that are going on, all the problems you've got going on, a big issue that came up that popped up that day for a client that was unexpected that you haven't solved yet, deadlines you didn't get to that are looming. You're stressed. You're anxious over all of that. And so when you walk through that door, you've tried really hard to be ready for her and she runs up to you and you know what? You snap. I can't handle this right now. We all have those days, right? Well, how many of them are you having? It's impacting your 
most important relationships. What about this? How have you ever started a fight with your spouse over how the dishwasher was loaded or how the laundry was folded or even simply for having a shirt or some piece of clothing thrown over a chair for a couple of days? All these are real life examples of clients and what they've said and and confided in me when they come to me and why they hire me. So (laughs) you're not alone. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody like your 17-year-old about the college he's excited about and wants you to think on whether it's a good fit? And you kind of remember the general gist of the conversation. Yeah, we had this conversation a couple of days ago, but you can't remember the specifics. You can't remember what all you shared with him. That's scary. But these are the kind of things that happen in real life. So they're impairing your ability to be a good parent, to be a good partner or spouse. They show up with your friendships. They show up with other family members. These are obligations and responsibilities you took on willingly that you really wanted, right? And yet you're not there for them. It's not just impacting you. How about this? A not yet at the time client kept telling me she wanted to work together, but she was too busy to get started just yet. So I gave her a month, reached out, still not ready. Another couple of months, reached out, still not ready, but you know what? I will be in X months when you have your mastermind. I totally want to join it. Okay, great. Reached out then, crickets, nothing. A couple of months later, finally, she didn't ghost me, (laughs) y'all. Finally, she reappeared. Come to find out, she had landed in the hospital due to heart issues and had to have heart surgery. And it was all related to stress. This was bad for her. Yes, absolutely. And it was the wake-up call she needed to get started finally. But it was also bad for her relationships and for her clients. She was out for a lengthy period of time and for her firm. My point, it is in everyone's best interest that you take good care of you. Now let's get to the compounding problem that can lead to ethical issues because this is the area a lot of attorneys do not think about that I'm very sad to say sometimes is the condensing point to get them to take better care of themselves. So as I said earlier, you can breach the rules of ethics. Here in Texas, we have a rule that requires you to provide competent and diligent representation to your clients. And there are provisions and examples within those rules around procrastination. Now, raise your hand if you've ever procrastinated. Let's be honest, we all do. At what point does that rise to an ethical issue? At some point, it does. And the more tired you are, and the less you've taken care of yourself, the more likely you are to procrastinate and keep putting things off and cause problems for yourself, but also for your clients. So let's get to this diligent representation of your clients, competent actually, and diligent representation. And this is the specific Texas rule. It's rule 101. I'm sure (laughs) every other state has a rule very similar to it, right? So let's say you've been working long hours for many months and you're not getting much sleep. So you're not thinking as clearly or creatively as you typically would. You don't feel very good. Not only are you tired, but you're just sluggish. You're mentally kind of not there. You're more emotional. 
here are a couple of varying scenarios that could happen. So scenario one, you make a mistake. Maybe you're doing a document review and you just plain miss something. Or even worse, you're doing a review, you find something, you think you fix it, but you make it worse. Or what was in there was actually right, but you weren't thinking very clearly and you misread it and you, you made the mistake. Now, the mistake itself is obviously a problem. It's a problem that usually can be recovered from if you figure it out quickly enough because these things do happen. But then a couple of days later, it dawns on you, you made this horrible mistake and you go back and you check it and you, yep, you're right. But instead of alerting everybody and trying to fix it proactively by being honest about the mistake you've made, because you're already so tired and you feel so poorly and you're not thinking clearly or rationally, you just try to fix it. You go back into the document, you fix it, and you send it out without showing the change. You've now covered up. That's a big problem. Scenario B. Let's say you're a litigator, and because of the fact that you're working such long hours and you're not getting much sleep, there's a filing deadline coming up. You even have it on your calendar, but you've been so busy on this particular trial that you're in the middle of that you haven't been paying attention to the notifications that come up around other things. You keep thinking they're not really that important. This trial is what's so important, and you're really stuck in the middle of it, and you totally miss the filing deadline. And then, of course, you try to make up some reason or excuse that makes no sense with the client who then fires you because not only did you miss the deadline, but they know darn well you've lied to them. Third scenario, let's say you're supervising somebody. You're a senior attorney or a partner who's supervising a young associate. And because of how tired you are, they've come to you, they've asked a question, you're not really clear what they're asking, and you're too tired to just ask and get the clarification you really need. Plus, you know, you're under the gun, you don't have much time, and so you make some assumptions that end up being wrong. And when you give your answer, you give an incorrect answer because of the incorrect assumptions that you have made. That person then uses what information you gave them to give bad advice to a client. This happens in real life, and we all think, oh, I would never do something unethical. I would never do a cover-up. Well, maybe you wouldn't, but let's get real. Good people do bad things. Good people do things they know better than. Good people get in the trouble like this when they're not thinking clearly. Because when you don't take care of yourself for long enough, your body goes into revolt. You shut down. Your brain shuts down to some extent. And you're not going to think like you. And so, no, maybe you won't act in the cover-up, but you got a problem in the first place with not showing up very well because I guarantee the representation you're giving will not be your best. And not only will it not be your best, it probably won't be all that good. It is in everyone's best interest that you take good care of you. Your family's interest, your client's interest, your colleague's interest, your firm's interest. Take good care of you. Now, I've mentioned a couple of other episodes like the one last month and the one on taking breaks. I've got plenty of episodes on self-care. I'm going to try to put not just those two, but maybe one or two of my favorites 
to help you get started if you feel like, you know what, I need help in this area and I need it now. I am also going to put into the show notes a link to 5-Minute Stress Solutions. It is my free resource of 10 proven mindset and stress management exercises that can be done in five minutes or less. These are tools that will help you become more aware of your stress triggers, how and when stress tends to show up, where you tend to ignore it, and where and how to get started to make very small but important changes to your habits so that you can start to prioritize yourself for a change. So please do take a look at the show notes to get that free resource and look at those other podcasts as well. Final note, if you are truly ready to excel in both law and life by building your own book of business in a way that supports the life you want, which means y'all prioritizing self-care, then I recommend that you join the waitlist for Elevate. This is your last chance to join the waitlist. Doors open officially next week. And by joining the waitlist, you get a couple of bonuses that nobody else will get. Yes, we deal with self-care inside of the mastermind. And what I will tell you and what I know all of my current mastermind participants would tell you is building your own firm, building your own book, building a team, becoming a more impactful leader, all of those things require a lot of energy. They require more energy than time. Everybody's always like worried about the time commitment. And yes, there's a time commitment, obviously, just like there is with anything. But it's an energetic thing. And you want to support yourself as much as is possible, regardless of whether you work with me in the mastermind or otherwise, or you do this on your own, or you work with somebody else. Focus on what will support you to show up and be your best. And you will get a lot more of the things that you want. Again, self-care isn't just about you, but when you take better care of yourself, you'll show up as your best, you'll be your best, you'll do your best, and you'll be able to build the best possible business that makes a bigger impact. So if you're interested, I will put a link for Elevate into the show notes. That is it for today. We will be back next week to talk about how to increase your client development ROI. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.